Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It is finally Friday, and the weather here is absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and today we are going to be diving into the latest breaking news from the Boston Celtics in their trade uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they traded Kemba Walker and some draft picks for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a second-round draft pick. I'm going to dive into all of the nitty-gritty of that trade, uh, discussing every single piece that was moved in this trade, break it all down, see who wins, see who loses that trade, and just really try to understand why the Celtics are trading Kemba and also try to understand why they're trading for Al Horford, right? In addition, Madden 22 cover athlete or athletes, has been released and revealed where we see Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes both on the cover of this coming year's Madden game. I'll be reacting to that and breaking that down. Why them? Was it supposed to be them? Got some questions that I want to get answered, and I will be doing that in this episode. Also going to be talking, of course, about the Red Sox as they're the only team right now currently playing, although Patriots minicamp just kind of wrapped up. But yes, we'll be discussing... All of that and more in this episode of Merv's Boston Sports Talk. So I must ask you, like I do every single time, please download, listen, and enjoy as always. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe if you're new or haven't considered subscribing, and also comment down below any thoughts, opinions, comments, questions, or concerns. And if you're listening on those audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Google, Apple, Syncify, Amazon, whatever, Reach out to me on social media at Murphs underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk, as always. And although I'm recording and in that situation, or I guess in this situation, it is annoying to have to hear kids outside playing because they're screaming, and it's also annoying to hear a freaking lawnmower going. But those are just clear signs that it is summertime. I guess almost not technically summertime for all those people out there they're gonna you know you know say hey still spring it is basically summertime beautiful weather it took a nice drive down to newport today oh gorgeous driving and was able to really ha- enjoy myself there but yes let's just shut up with this and that let's just dive into the trade because that's basically what you are here for so the trade between the boston celtics and the oklahoma city thunder the thunder will be receiving Kemba Walker, a 2021 first-round pick, which is number 16 in this year's draft, a 2025 second-round pick, and in return, 
for giving that up. The Boston Celtics will be receiving Al Horford, Moses Brown, um, Moses Brown, excuse me, and a 2023 second round pick. So a couple second round picks being tossed around, and then the Celtics are acquiring two big men while giving up Kimball Walker and this year's first round draft pick. Immediately, before I look at stats or you know facts or anything, what do I think of this trade? Well, I don't like receiving Al Horford from the Thunder because, you know, we had him, he walked because he wanted to get more money. But I like the fact that Kemba Walker has now been traded. It gives the Celtics more cap flexibility because you're saving like six or seven or so million dollars on this year's salary cap. Plus, you won't have to pay Kemba Walker come next year because Al Horford's contract is all the guaranteed money is this year and not next year. So come next year, you can just, you know, trade them, release them, or whatever, and just, you know, be done with them. Moses Brown, uh, Mo- I keep saying Brown. Why, why? I don't know. Moses Brown. <laughs> I discussed him before uh, last week's podcast episodes where I was kind of doing those mock trades where, you know, Kemba Walker wanted to leave the Celtics. And before he came out saying that, I was also exploring possible trades where the Celtics could be acquiring players, star players, moving some things around so they can kind of reload for next year. And Moses Brown was one of those players I had, you know, being thrown in with the Oklahoma City Thunder because the Thunder were able to take Kemba Walker's full contract because they had the salary space, well, the salary cap space, excuse me, because they don't have a lot of high priced players except for Al Horford. And a shy Gilgis Alexander, who's, you know, last year of his rookie deal, I believe. And to have Kemba Walker off the books, just generally speaking, contractual-wise, fantastic. Because he's 32 years older now, or 31, going to be 32. The knee is dinged up. He wasn't able to play any full season with the Celtics. Been kind of a problem that kind of started to spur towards the end of this past year but the sucky thing is you have to give up a first round draft pick in addition for a team to just take on Kemba Walker and I'm very surprised and confused that that was the choice that the Thunder wanted to go in is they wanted to add another first round draft pick because they have like 13 first round draft picks in the next like three or four years or something stupid like that so unless they use those draft picks to bundle up and go after and trade for some player, they're going to kind of fall into the same position that the Celtics were in, you know, past couple years where they have two, three draft picks in the first round and then a couple in the second round. I just, it's great to have an abundance of draft picks, but like I said, look at the Celtics. At some point, you got to cash them in and you got to use them in some way, shape, or form because yes, not every draft pick works, so it's nice to have multiple and it gives you a... Uh, the flexibility to kind of swing and miss on one or two picks. But, I mean, it's... If you draft all 13 or whatever, how many draft picks they have, what are you going to do? That's basically a full team right there. So, like I said, you can package them up, you can bundle them up and go move and get yourself a superstar if you wish. But I just would hate to see the Thunder be in the situation where they're just kind of forced to make a move because, you know, some of the players they already have are starting to develop. They have too many draft picks. What are we going to do? Let's just move them, bring somebody in, and then just say it doesn't work out. You know, I'm just kind of kind of throwing you know, shit on a wall here. But these are kind of some things that you have to think about because we've seen it with the Celtics. So just from the Thunder's perspective, wanting a first-round pick instead of maybe like a, you know, a player or two, 
questionable or like a future first round draft pick and also the Celtics having to trade that first round draft pick boy does it suck it sucks having to trade that first round draft pick in addition to Kemba Walker and I guess you want to call him the the second round draft pick you know sucky too because all you're getting back is Al Horford and Moses Brown and just moving up a little bit in this uh for a second round draft pick at the end of the day I like the trade I think it is a win for the Celtics, maybe not next year, but definitely a year after that due to the fact that you can move on from Al Horford's contract a ton of a lot easier than you'll be able to move on from Kemba Walker's contract. Now, people are going to be kind of you know bitchy about the fact that we had to give up that first-round draft pick, but look at the player that we got back in return other than Al Horford, and that's Moses Brown. Uh, there I go again. Moses Brown. Now, like I said, I did talk about him in previous podcast episodes when I was doing mock trades. And last year, he had a very good season. I mean, in 43 games, he got 8.6 points and 8.9 total rebounds. That's not that bad. That's not that bad for a 21-year-old big man who was undrafted, I believe. Yeah, he was undrafted. And like I said, I was very high on him in like those mock trades. And now that the fact that this is developed and unfolded, a lot of people are doing you know their quick research on it to try to figure out who he is. And a lot of people are really liking this kid. Seven foot two, 245 pounds, obviously a center. He's only 21 years old, so he has a couple years left on a rookie deal. And he can almost, I guess almost, I guess if you give him more minutes, be able to average a, a double-double. Hopefully, kind of give you uh, what that Tristan Thompson was supposed to give you this year. You know, a consistent average double-double. Kind of a similar player to Robert Williams, the Time Lord, except just a little bit skinnier and less more emphatic. But, you know, the rim protector, the block, uh, shot blocker, the rebounder. I really like this addition, and I think it's going to be a nice little, you know, handcuff between Brown and Time Lord, where they're both the same position, have a lot of the same skill set. But on the other hand, also kind of different at the same time in terms of physical style, physical nature, and of the like. And I've even heard a little bit through the grapevine that a lot of people like Moses Brown more than they do at any draft pick outside of the top 10 in this year's draft. Now, I didn't do any draft research because the basketball draft has kind of taken its, you know, taken its toll on me because it's cool. It's all I love watching. It's super exciting. But just, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't hold the same value that the football draft holds. And I'd say that's the same for a lot of people. But obviously, I'm going to still sit and watch it come whenever the draft is. I'm not even sure what day it is. But I remember a couple years ago, you know, Kim and I were down in uh, Myrtle Beach and we were watching the NBA draft where Luka and Trey Young and Zion all get drafted out of that draft class. So there's some star players to come out of the draft. I ain't going to lie with you. But giving up a first round draft pick also helps the Celtics because, like I said, they have a bunch of young guys on their team currently. Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, Peyton Pritchard. I mean, you have Jabari Parker next year, still only 26 years old. Obviously, Tatum and Brown, who are, you know, Still young players, but they're your star players. You still have Tremont Waters, Grant Williams. Uh, hopefully, maybe, potentially, you bring back Evan Fournier, who's not young, but still a piece you need to consider. Carson Edwards, even. I know some of those guys that are named aren't young, or they weren't first-round draft picks, but they're still draft picks. And your homegrown picks, Waters, Williams, Pritchard, Semi Ojale, Langford, Neesmith, Carson Edwards. These guys are going to have to either contribute and play well for you 
or you're going to have to move on from some of them. And I think Langford and Neesmith are going to be here for the long haul. Semi Ojale, I believe his contract's up after this year. He's been around for a little bit now. You know what he is. He's kind of like a 3 and D kind of guy. And if that's what you want, filling up a spot on your roster, then so be it. And there's a conversation we had about just about anybody. But what are you going to do with that first round draft pick if you still had it that you haven't already done? You've drafted a guard, you've drafted forwards, you've drafted big men, and some of them you people like and some of them other people don't like. So exactly what would they even use that draft pick for? So might as well use it in addition to trading Kemba in that 2025 second round draft pick, whatever, for a Moses Brown who people do like and who is a fit, who I don't want to say he's proven because he's still young and has a lot to prove. But he has NBA playing experience. He has playing time. He has minutes under his belt. So he can only go up from here. And he already has a baseline in terms of who he is as a player. And I guess you're bringing back Al Horford as well. You know, he's a system fit. I don't see him asking for a lot of minutes like he once did when he was uh, with the Celtics a couple years ago as a starter. But you also get him in return, say what you want. He has some leadership uh, capabilities, but how much of a leader is he really going to be for this team? You saw how the team was when they had him before. There was ups and down years. But overall, is Al Horford was just included as part of a salary dump for the Thunder, right? So can you flip Al Horford? Maybe, maybe not. But I guess it gives you some depth at the big man position, which is something that you lacked towards the end of this past year. Because you did trade away Daniel Tice. Robert Williams was injured. You had Tristan Thompson. Luke Cornett was Luke Cornett. <laughs> Jabari Parker's not a center. He's more of a forward. And you also had Taco Fall, who's doing Taco Fall things, and Grant Williams. And I don't really think Grant Williams and Taco Fall should be getting playing time minutes. Hell, Luke Cornett shouldn't even be getting playoff, uh, playoff playing minutes, right? But at least with Al Horford... I guess you could kind of put him in and you can expect something decent to happen, I guess. But like I said, it'll just give you some depth because I think this year you'd rather throw in Al Horford than like a Taco Fall, right? I think that's just everyone would agree with that. Obviously, people would say no because they want Taco in for all the memes. So, okay, let's change it. Al Horford or Grant Williams. That's what I thought. So, at the end of the day, do I like this trade? Generally speaking, I do. I do like this trade, generally speaking. But there are obviously some more moves to be had, right? You're cluttered at the big man position. You have Moses Brown. You have Al Horford, Tristan Thompson, Time Lord, Tristan. Uh, I already said Tristan Thompson, sorry. Uh, oh, God. Grant Williams. There we go. Taco Fall. Luke Cornett, if you want to bring him back, I guess. So that's like six guys, six big guys that I just named. Grant Williams. Did I name Grant Williams? I forget. So more moves are going to be had. You're not going to carry that many big men on your roster this year. So Tristan Thompson, I know I spoke highly of him, but overall, he had a down season. He underperformed, and he didn't do well this year. He had a couple nice games here and there, but that's it. I feel like if you move on from him, you can save that money and kind of push it somewhere else. I'm not going to sit here and do mock trades because the season's not over yet, and this trade's not going to be official official until once the season is over. But these are things you need to consider. You know, now you don't have a first-round draft pick this year to kind of dance and dangle with another team in front of for any potential trade. So what other valuable trade piece do you have? A sign-and-trade of Evan Fournier? Sure. 
Marcus Smart, maybe. People say trade Jalen Brown and this and that and go get a superstar. I think Jalen Brown can be that superstar that you want to go out and trade and try to trade for, right? He is going to be that guy. At least I hope. I hope. So definitely expect more moves to come for the Celtics. This isn't going to be the only deal. And to see Brad Stevens not even maybe just like a week or so into the president of basketball operations, a.k.a. the general manager's chair in that office that Danny Ainge once held, and he's already making a splash, already trying to improve this team for next season, which I do like. I like the fact that he's going out and being aggressive and making a move, right? Would Danny Ainge make this move? I don't think so. I do not see Danny Ainge making this move because I don't think he would have traded Kemba Walker. I don't think he would have traded the first-round draft pick, and I don't think he would have traded for Al Horford, bringing him back. So... It's good to see Brad Stevens making some moves. It is a little interesting to see them make this move without having their head coach uh, position filled yet because usually you kind of want to fill in the head coach or get their opinion like, hey, do you think we should make this deal? How do you feel about making this deal? What about this player and that player? But now that the move is made, you can tell them like, hey, listen, this coming year or I guess next year we're going to be here. But now without Kemba and without Horford, we can be here. And when I emphasize here, it's because Al Horford, you can just get rid of him because all that money is no longer guaranteed, but and you wouldn't be able to get rid of Kemba Walker, so you'll be able to sign a max free agent, not this coming year, but the year after that, and that draft, uh, not draft class, that free agent class is going to be deep, like deep, like, yeah, deep with a lot of players. Let's just discuss the notable players that will be in not this coming year, or not this year's, but next year's free agency class. Now, keep in mind, some of them are older, some of them are veterans, some of them are in their prime, and some of them have player options. So keep that in mind. There are player options out there. There are unrestricted free agents out there. Some of them have bird rights. But just with, if nothing happens, this is going to be the uh, free agency class next year. John Wall, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Gary Harris, Julius Randle, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, Terry Rozier, Goran Dragic, and I'm kind of getting into, well, I guess Marcus Smart's there too. So you, you get the picture. You get the picture. It's deep. There's a lot of good players that's going to be wanting a lot of money. So moving on from Kemba Walker so you can prepare yourself to get a potential deal with one of those guys done. Like I said, some of those guys have player options. John Wall, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Kemba, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving. They all have player options, which they can easily exercise and still make whatever the hell they're going to be making. Some of them don't. Some of them are unrestricted. Some of them have bird rights. So there will be dominoes to fall. Some of those guys won't be available. Some of those guys will be. But just to give you a picture of what moving on from Kemba Walker's contract will allow you to do, which opens up a max slot for 2022, where you'll be able to potentially sign one of these guys, right? So that is kind of why I don't mind bringing in Al Horford for the situation. I just hope that he's kind of gone before the next year, I'd, I'd say. He's older. He missed a lot of games, you know, injury, healthy scratches and such. He's just not the same guy anymore. So 
ESPN, before you know, I finish talking about this trade, ESPN ranked this trade between the Celtics and the Thunder. Obviously a letter grade. I'll give you what they said about the Thunder first. And that is they got an A-. Now I'm not going to read over the, the big paragraph of, of sorts. I don't want to bore you. But they gave him an A- because they were able to move on from Al Horford's contract. They were able to bring in a playmaker in Kemba Walker to go alongside their young guys. They got a first-round draft pick. I feel like it's a win-win-win for them, right? And I think deservingly so they get an A-. I mean, like I said, they have the salary cap space to take on Kemba Walker's contract. You you can always use another playmaker and another scorer to go alongside Shy Gilgis-Alexander and down in Oklahoma. Kemba Walker's not a bad fit. I mean, Chris Paul was the point guard for them last year. They played very well you know, with that young group. So you throw in Kemba Walker, obviously who's no Chris Paul, but still another point guard. I think there's going to be something to happen there. And like I said, they got another first-round draft pick, but it's you know one of them at some point. You're going to have to kind of do something with all those draft picks that you have. But still, it's better to have a ton of draft picks than have no draft picks. And for the Celtics, they gave them a C+. Now, I disagree with that C+. Now, I understand that maybe the Celtics could have got more in return or maybe made a bigger trade to kind of move some more pieces around. But I think a C+, I guess, is unjust because Moses Brown, good young player with a lot of potential, high ceiling, and you bring in Al Horford, that probably pushes it down. But if you look on the flip side, you're giving up Kemba Walker and a 2021 first-round draft pick, which is the 16th overall in this year's draft. I'm not going to consider the second-round picks. It's basically a wash. But I think the thing that they're missing here is the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is that they have so much more cap flexibility. They made 6 or $7 million this year. They're still under, so they have to make more moves, hence why I said there's more moves to be done. And also, like I've been saying, for the year after that, is they going to be able to get rid of Al Horford, not pay him a dime, open up that max slot? So in terms of would you rather have Kemba Walker or Al Horford? Probably rather have Kemba Walker. Would you rather have a 20, uh, 16th overall pick or Moses Brown? Probably have the first round draft pick. So I get kind of why that's why they put the C-plus for the Celtics, but I just don't think they're looking big picture here. I think more of a B might be acceptable a called for for the Celtics I know it's not the best move it's not the perfect move you had to give up Kimball Walker you had to give up a first round draft pick and your return was kind of underwhelming in terms of what you're giving up but like I said look at that big contract of Kimball Walker how good is this draft class going to be I haven't done a lot of research into it so I couldn't really tell you but those are some intangibles that I think ESPN is forgetting but on the flip side I think the Oklahoma City trade grade of an A- minus is perfectly just and I think a C- plus for the Celtics is not so much but that is what I have to say about this Oklahoma City Thunder in this Boston Celtics trade where the Celtics get Al Horford, Moses Brown and a 2023 second round draft pick and the Oklahoma City Thunder get Kemba Walker a 2021 first round draft pick which is 16th overall and a 2025 second round draft pick. Let me know your thoughts, your opinion, your comments down below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on audio-only platforms, which I know a bunch of you guys are, reach out to me on social media at Merz underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk. I want to hear your thoughts about it. 
I know Boston fans, Celtics fans are kind of on the fence about this one being a good trade, not being a good trade. So you heard my thoughts and opinions. I want to hear yours. Reach out to me and let's have a conversation, a discussion, a, deb- a debate, or even an argument if that may happen. Transitioning over to our next topic of conversation, and that is the Madden 2022 cover athlete or athletes. I am surprised and not surprised at the same time that they picked Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. So let me explain why I'm not surprised is because of that teaser video with Peyton Hillis that they had. I think they dropped it on Monday where it was a barn and two goats come walking out. Obviously, one's a little older because they're taller and bigger. One's a little smaller. And then it just kind of goes over to uh, Peyton Hillis to be like, yeah, they did it again. So a lot of people thought, obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady because they've been referred to as, you know, the goats. And I think Patrick Mahomes being in that goat conversation is way too, like, aggressive and egregious, right? He's been in the league for a handful of seasons. Yes, he's had some fantastic seasons. MVP, 50 touchdowns, uh, Super Bowl. I get it. But a GOAT discussion and throwing him in there, I think is a little too fast. Could he get there? Yes, but I'm digressing because that's a conversation for another day. So I can see why people were saying that because of the whole GOAT piece of it. But the reason why I was surprised is because these two guys were just on the cover just a few seasons ago. Patrick Mahomes on Madden 20 and Tom Brady on Madden 28. So I just like... These guys were just on it. What, what, What is Madden's driving force by putting them both on? Tom Brady just won his seventh Super Bowl, his fifth MVP, and Patrick Mahomes is the baby goat, up-and-coming best player in the league, face of football, super talented, super you know human highlight reels. And to throw them both on there is a cash cow because there are tons of people out there that love Tom Brady and or love Patrick Mahomes. And for that reason, people are going to buy it because Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are both the face of football, whether you love the guys or you hate them, whether you like one and don't like the other or you don't like them, you're still going to buy the game. It's Madden. Tons of people buy the game. I'm not going to go into the fact that it's a copy and paste game every single year. But there are so many people out there that love Tom Brady and or love Patrick Mahomes. And if I'm little Timmy and I see, you know, oh, Patrick Mahomes is on the cover of Madden again. Let me go get it. They're going to do it. They're going to want the money to go do it. So I get why they're doing it. For It's a cash cow to have those two guys on it. And quite frankly, I kind of like the fact that there's two guys on the cover. I think it's different. Would I want it every year? I guess I wouldn't mind it. It gives more players clout and it gives them more, you know, appeal in terms of a market outside of just playing football, right? But like I said, they were just on the cover in 2020 and in 2018, Mahomes and Brady respectively. Could this have been planned or was this just kind of thrown together last second? Personally, me, I think this was thrown in last second. Quite frankly, and a lot of people are in this uh, in this boat with me, a lot of people and I think that Aaron Rodgers was going to be on the cover. The reigning NFL MVP from the 2020 season, why not? 
Why not put him on the cover? I mean, they do it every year, right? I mean, Jackson was the MVP the year before. He was on the cover. Mahomes was the MVP the year before. They put him on the cover. Antonio Brown could have won MVP the year he was on the cover or the year before he was on the cover. Brady won the MVP before that. And so it's just like all they do is just slap the MVP on there. Good to see that they didn't do it this year. But I just think Aaron Rodgers, it would have been something different. I mean, it feels like the past couple years is Madden just puts the most hyped player on the cover of from the year before. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, Gronk, Odell. Like, they're all hyped up players from, like, the year before. And I get it. I mean, Madden's a business. They're trying to do what's best for their business. But let's look at 2K. Now, I must say and admit that 2K is not perfect with their cover athletes by no stretch of the imagination. And they have their fair share of picking height players. Don't get me wrong. But overall, I think they do a pretty decent job at doing so. And I'm only going to look at just the generic 2K cover athlete. I'm not going to look at the the Legacy Edition or whatever the other edition is called that they have, the next gen, whatever. You know, I'm just going to look at the traditional main guy. So uh, this past year, it was Damian Lillard. Okay. The year before that, it was Anthony Davis. Year before that, Giannis. Year before that, where is it? Kyrie, Paul George. Then it went to, was it KD? Was it the year before? What was it in 2016? Oh, it was Steph Curry, James Harden, and Anthony Davis that year. Right. They had the three athletes. Like on, They had their own separate covers. Then it was KD, LeBron, and, you know, then it was, what was it? It was Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, and Derrick Rose that year. So, I mean, I guess they're kind of reusing. I guess they used uh, Kevin Durant very recently. And I guess they also reused Anthony Davis. But, like, at that time, they just weren't the most hyped up player. When Anthony Davis was just most recently on the cover, he was still with the Pelicans. And, you know, the Pelicans weren't good, right? Damian Lillard this past year, yeah, he hit a nice, you know, he hit an insane buzzer beater in Paul George's face, but that was like a couple years ago now. So, and uh, Kyrie was on the Cavaliers and then traded Boston, so that had to get switched over to a Boston jersey. So there's a little bit of weight there. And I think Madden wanted Aaron Rodgers on the cover, but because of his whole situation in Green Bay, they were like, you know what? Let's not do this. Let's just hold out pick somebody else and they just kind of scrambled hey face face of football Brady Mahomes let's let's do this I just kind of wish that they would have picked maybe like a Derrick Henry because I think a lot of people thought he could have been on the cover someone that who easily could won the MVP himself over 2,000 rushing yards a lot of people like him he's a monster stiff arms he's a 6'6 260 running back jacked I mean he's basically a linebacker and you know taking handoffs that's why, that's what I wish Madden would do because a lot of people like Derrick Henry and he's different. He's not he's not the face of football, but he's well up there, but it's just someone different. And I think a lot of people can kind of gravitate towards that because you see Derrick Henry on there. It's not just a carbon copy. Oh, let's just pick the best player in the league. Let's just pick the MVP and just go with it. Like I said, Derrick Henry easily could have won the MVP easily could be the face of football or at least the face of the Titans, right? For the way he's playing. But it's just different because it seems like Madden cover is so predictable. Like after Antonio Brown, like, I mean, the season Patrick Mahomes had, it's like, oh, we all know that we're going to pick Patrick Mahomes. And then after the season Lamar has, like, well, 
I mean, everyone's hyping up Lamar Jackson because he's revolutionized, revolutionized, revolutionizing, I think, the quarterback position. And I would say in a negative way, but that's a conversation for another day. I got to write all these down so I can just dedicate one forsaken episode to all these conversations for another day. I think if you were to go back and track through 65 episodes or I'm sorry, 60. I, yeah, this is the 65th episode track all the times that i've said conversation for another day let's talk about that next time it probably probably will be like a 10-hour episode and like a 100 different topics so other players i would have liked to see on the cover uh Devonte adams if you want to stay in green bay deandre hopkins we could have saw russell wilson kyler murray even maybe um i just had it in my head i just had it in my head like, oh, Saquon Barkley even. I think people would like that one as well. You could even go to Ezekiel Elliott. Like, you know, Dallas is not America's team. But, you know, that could be a selling point for Madden is America's team is on the cover. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, have him with the crop top and showing his, like, you know, six pack. Like, that is, like, a direction that you could go in. Or even have maybe... Uh, Josh Jacobs or Derek? No, that would be stupid. I'm just trying to think because Vegas, new team, new market. But I think that would be stupid. But then again, the black hole and the Raiders. <sighs> Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is more of a cash cow than that. But you see what I'm trying to say here. Give us something different. Do something else. Terry McLaurin for the football team. A lot of people like him. Justin Jefferson for the, the Vikings had a phenomenal season. Guys, put Justin Herbert on the cover. I mean, he had a phenomenal season. In that nice Chargers powder blue jersey with the gold lightning bolt trim, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. That's what Madden needs to do moving forward. Don't just do carbon copy repeats just for the guaranteed cash cow. From a business perspective, yes. But from a product and a customer retention perspective, don't do it. Because a lot of people already have a problem with Madden, how it's just the same game for the past six or so years. All they do is just update the rosters and maybe improve the graphics a little bit. But obviously with the next-gen consoles, us older ones, you know, Xbox One and PS4, we're not going to get that. And next-gen consoles are very limited right now. So you have to do something different to sell this product. And I think that's probably why they scrambled and put Mahomes and Brady on it because they know it's going to get guaranteed sales. But just because you get guaranteed sales doesn't mean it's always going to stay because if they buy this game because I will buy this game and I know a ton of people will and we see that it's the same game we're not we're less likely to buy it next year regardless who's on the cover because we know what we're going to get but the folks at EA and Madden are saying that hey this game is going to be completely different we're changing everything and it's going to be revamped and it's going to be better okay let's see it hopefully you stay true to your word because if you lie to us it's not going to matter who you put on the cover next year. That's just a fact. And I don't think I'm alone in that boat. I think a lot of people are as well. So I really am curious of what your guys' thoughts are about this whole Madden cover because it kind of threw me through a loop. You know, when we saw the goats, it was kind of anticipated. But also, I kind of wish it was different as well. Those are just my thoughts. Reach out to me on social media at Merce underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk or comment down below if you're watching and listening on YouTube. I would love to hear your comments about it as well. But enough with football, enough of basketball. 
let's have our Red Sox minute because Red Sox right now playing pretty good. And I have to say before I go into anything, before I go into anything about, you know, their little two game sweep over the Braves, I made a friendly gentleman's bet with my neighbor who's a Braves fan, weirdly enough. He's a Boston everything else fan, but the Red Sox. Well, I don't think he cares about football. I mean, not football, I'm sorry. I don't think he cares about hockey and basketball. I'm not sure. Huh. I'll have to ask him again. Um, We made a bet because he's a Braves fan. Obviously, I'm a Red Sox fan. And I was outside with Bogey. I let him go to the bathroom. And, you know, guy comes out. His daughter's playing in the streets. I was like, oh, hey, big game tonight, right? He was like, yeah, you know, we let that one slip last night. You guys got lucky. I was like. How about we make a friendly uh, gentleman's wager? Loser buys the winner a six pack. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Loser gets to choose because they're the ones at the liquor store. And he says, "Who's on the mound for the Braves?" I was like, "I I don't even know who the starting pitches are. I'm just going into this blind. I just I I don't know who's pitching. It could be anybody. It ended up being Garrett Richards that was pitching. Ew, yeah." And he, before he checked, you know, the pitchers, he was like, deal. I was like, let's go. <laughs> so, and then the game last night, um, obviously, was up and down. Not last night. I'm sorry. It was two nights ago. And the game two nights ago was a little up and down. Red Sox took an early lead. Braves came back, took it. Red Sox had uh, that massive grand slam by Christian Arroyo. That was fantastic. Very unexpected right there. And, you know, as down as I've been on Christian Arroyo, he has been relatively nice as of late, you know, being very clutch as of late. So I have to give credit where credit is due. I will not, I will not turn my face away from giving somebody credit when they deserve it. So, hey, all the props to Christian Arroyo. You got me a free six pack of beer. He got me Sam Adams, very delicious. I was fully prepared to go out and get the the beer myself because, like I said, the Braves were winning until Arroyo hit that grand slam. So. Thank you, Arroyo, for the free six-pack. But that was my little story about the Red Sox. Furthermore, what do we have to look forward to? Red Sox in Kansas City today for this weekend playing the Royals three-game series. Then they go to the Trop to play the Rays for another three-game series. That's going to be a big series down there. And then the Yankees come into Fenway for a three-game weekend series. That's going to be exciting. I think over these next nine games, you got to win six or seven of them, I, I would say. Especially against, you know, go two or three against the Rays, go two or three against the Yankees, and then go two or three against the Royals. Hey, I wouldn't mind that. Right now, the Red Sox are a half a game back from the Rays for first place in the American League East. Uh, Yankees are six games back, and the Blue Jays are eight and a half games back as of the start of Friday's play. Very excited that this is still a relatively close Division, I know the Yankees slipped a little bit and got close to double digits being back. Blue Jays have kind of slipped a little bit. But generally speaking, it is a close division because I am a firm believer if you're like seven or eight games out, more seven, one three-game, one four-game series could completely change it for the better and also for the worse. What I'm looking forward to, and obviously I'm going to talk about the Red Sox, you know, come Monday, come Wednesdays, come next Friday's episode. Is the pitching. The pitching is a big thing. Pitching has been really all over the place as of late, especially here in this month of June, giving up eight runs to the Braves in both games, eight in each game. 
Uh, they had a nice one-run game on Monday, but then they gave up 18 on Sunday, 7 on Saturday, 5, 8, 8, 7. So it's kind of been you know a little all over the place. They've been fortunate enough to win a bunch of these games. But uh, I would just like to see a little bit more consistency from the bullpen as well. I have been a fan and a proponent of them, generally speaking, ever since like the first month or so um, after April. I just hope that they can continue the success and continue doing good. Obviously, baseball is cracking down on this whole sticky substance, foreign substance thing that pitchers are using. I think everyone's using it, or just about every pitcher is using it. And now that Major League Baseball is going to be cracking down starting on the 21st, we're going to have to see. And now this isn't just a Red Sox issue. We're going to have to see how all of baseball is going to be able to perform. And I really think that this is going to be, I think the timing of it is actually really good. And a lot of people are saying, oh, just do it in the offseason. Or you should have done it before the season. Well, if you wait till the offseason, you're going to have the entirety of the rest of this year played out where pitchers are still quote-unquote cheating. So that's why if you do it now, you have roughly half a season or so of games played throughout baseball with this sticky substance, spider tack, whatever the hell they're using. Uh, they're they're going to have those statistics, right? And then you'll have the rest of the season with pitchers not having this substance, foreign substances, and spider tack. So you're going to be able to have almost virtually two halves of a season of data to go off of because the pitching generally speaking, this year has been unprecedented. Five no-hitters, averages, and you know, batters' performance has been generally down all across baseball. It's not just, this isn't a Red Sox issue, as we all know. So to see how the hitters perform the second half, or once this whole foreign substance policy is implemented, and how the pitchers perform when this policy is implemented on Monday. I cannot wait to the end of the season to kind of c- compare and contrast this data because a lot of pitchers are saying, oh, we just do it for the grip. You know, we're not doing it for spin rate or anything. We just want to get a better grip. Uh, clammy, sweaty hands, the rosin bag's not good enough. I mean, if it's cheating, it's cheating. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get a spin rate or not. And I don't want to open a can of worms or anything, but I am a big proponent of if you cheat, you should get punished steroids, spider tact, um, banging a trash can or whatever, it obviously, as they put chapstick on, should not be allowed in baseball, plain and simple. So I really am glad that baseball is cracking down on this now sooner than later because hitting is down in baseball across the board. Averages, home runs, on-base percentage, and I will say that, you know, I, I've said this a million times, that hitters nowadays just either hit a home run or they strike out. And that's also true. But I think because of the performance of the hitters thus far in the season, I think a lot of them are trying to just hit a damn base hit. I really do. And a lot of them are sucking at it. So, really, baseball needs to figure this out because I've said this many times. It's a dying sport, and you can look at all the data and all the analytics. Also, why MLB needs expansion. You know, the video I did on YouTube covering that topic. Maybe baseball isn't dying. But if you were to sit down and just watch a random game, would you want to watch a good, close game? Would you rather watch a blowout where it's just home runs after home run after home run? Or would you rather watch a one nothing game 
for three hours. And now when I say a close game, I'm thinking like maybe like a five to three, six to five kind of nail biter kind of game where it gets exciting late in innings. That's what I'm thinking of. And that's what I'm talking about. (sighs) Baseball. It's you love it. You hate it. It's annoying. It's the best thing ever. It's the worst thing ever. But they uh, they just have some issues that they need to resolve. And this whole foreign substance, gripping the ball, this whole strikeout or home run mentality, the long games, the long season, they really need to try to sit down this offseason and figure it out. And I'm not going to sit here and say that expanding will solve that all the issues because it won't. But it could solve some, and obviously expanding the league is a whole different animal rather than just adjusting rules. Obviously, they should probably try adjusting rules first if teams, if you know, the league wants to expand and there's people willing to pay for the expansion team. Sure, that's one thing. <laughs> Conversation for another day, I guess, right? But I'm really looking forward to this whole implementation of the foreign policy suspension and the fines and all that good stuff for baseball because it's going to give us a good handful of data because is all this pitching success and all this poor batting performance due to that or not? Because come the end of the season, if the stuff is the same, then the pitchers this year just had a really good year. Partially because they cheated. But I guess the second half of the year would tell us if you know that substance was really a game changer for them or not. We'll just have to wait and see until the end of the season after 162 games for all 30 Major League teams. But Red Sox this weekend, next week, and into next weekend have a lot of big games coming up. First time the Sox will play Andrew Benintendi and the Royals this year. Obviously, Benny will see his former club, his former teammates. And speaking of which, the Royals will be in town not this Monday, but next Monday for a four-game set where Benny will be home or back home in Boston for the first time since being traded which will be a nice little momentous thing, I guess. But we will have to wait till then because that's way ahead of us. Next nine games for the Red Sox, would love to see them win six, ideally seven, but I'll settle for six. We're going to be looking forward to hopefully those three games that they lose isn't a sweep from the Rays or the Yankees. That would be nice. But that is what I'm looking forward for the Red Sox. Just keep the pitching consistent or just try to adjust the lineup I think is doing really solid right now as there are problems with every lineup, but recently they've been relatively clutch and they've been really good as of late. I'm always going to, I'm going to keep saying this though, until it happens, you have to improve the team. You have to make go out and make changes, not drastic changes, but small, subtle changes to help improve this team. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. And I'll be saying until it actually happens because it might not happen, and then I'll be sitting here after July 1st. I don't even know what day July 1st is on. Um, What day is it on? July 1st. Okay, so yeah, July 1st is a Saturday, so I'll be sitting here on August 2nd episode of Merce Boston Sports Talk on Monday talking about how the Red Sox didn't make any moves. They are one or two players short, and they're going to get either miss or get ousted in the playoffs early, and it'll happen. I guarantee it. It'll freaking happen. And I'm not saying if you go out and make a trade that it won't happen. But go out and make a trade. It'll significantly help your team's chances. Because that is what trading for players do. So guys, I know I've ranted and I've rambled on and on and on about three interesting topics, right? For 
all of their own respective reasons. Celtics trading Kemba for Al Horford, essentially. The Madden 22 cover and the Red Sox and the whole foreign substance policy thing that's going on in baseball. That has opened up a can of worms across the league for media, for players, for fans, and all that. Really interested to see how that goes. But nonetheless, nonetheless, go out. Enjoy your weekend. I got to get away from the mic. Go out and enjoy your weekend. Beautiful. It's going to be beautiful all weekend. Don't hang out inside like me recording a podcast. Go outside. Enjoy. 88 degrees tomorrow. 88 on Sunday. 90 on Monday. And then today, I think the high was like 84 or something like that. I think my car read 89 at one point. I don't know. It's beautiful. It's summer. Go outside. Go swimming. Do something. Don't just be inside all day. Enjoy this beautiful weather because we can actually enjoy it this year, unlike we were able to last year. But folks, guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, whatever, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying this episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really hope you enjoyed it. A different episode today, I guess, obviously covering some Boston topics and uh, the NFL topic of the Madden cover, which I didn't think I'd be talking about, to be honest. But we cover that all today in this episode. I really hope you enjoy your weekend, and I really hope to catch you for Monday's episode, a re-entry Monday. Hopefully, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about over the weekend, or after the weekend, I should say. Game 7 for the Bucks nets series tomorrow. Who do you have? I hope it's the Bucks. As much as I hate the Bucks, I hate the Nets more because the whole Kyrie, Durant, Harden thing. If the Bucks don't win it, when will they have the chance? The Nets are dinged up. It is now or never for Milwaukee. They're in Brooklyn, so it's going to be tough. James Harden, not 100%. Uh, Kevin Durant playing out of his mind. Kyrie Irving spraining a mosquito bite on his right ankle, missing a ton of games in a walking boot because Lucky got his revenge. Lucky got his revenge. But yeah, Kyrie Irving's out because he uh, sprained his ankle uh, earlier in the series. Milwaukee, hopefully they win Saturday. We'll have to wait and see. But folks, thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget to download, listen, and enjoy. Catch me on all social media platforms at Murphs underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. But between now and next episode, you know that I love you, and you know that I will always see you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.